So it is Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, how many of you guys are going to watch the Super Bowl? You're like you're into it, okay? So a question, uh, how many of you are pulling for the L.A. Rams? All right. So how many of you are pulling for uh, the demons of darkness, the uh, <laughs> patriots? Okay, so we're going to pray for you. We'll have an altar call here later on. For Okay. <laughs> how many of you could care less about it? All right. Uh, how about the commercials? Anybody in the commercials? Okay, and the commercials are cool. That's one of the best parts of it. All right. Um, so, you know, today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's like a, a celebration day. And then you're thinking, well, then tomorrow we're, we're back to normal. But really not. We, we did a little bit of research to discover that there's like so many days that we can celebrate, which we're going to be talking about today. Um, so um, today, let's just talk about the food that's going to happen today. All right. So today, all kinds of food. This is a huge, huge food day. And we just thought we'd give you some interesting stats. Uh, 1.25 billion chicken wings, which means this is a bad week for chickens. But it's, it's a great week for us, all right? Uh, 11.2 million pounds of potato chips, 120 pounds of avocados. Wow. A lot of guacamole going down. I'm going to do my fair share in that. Uh, how about this one here? Four million pizzas today. They say that that's enough to extend from Boston all the way to St. Louis, if you laid them out. And then how, how about this one here? 50 million cases of beer, which is, this is a weird stat, but that's enough to fill 169 Olympic pools. Like, that's a whole lot of beer, all right? And, and, and all, in total, over $14 billion will be spent this day on celebrating across the United States. A third of this country will be celebrating. But that's not all. Here's what you didn't know. So we can keep celebrating because not only is it it's Super Bowl Day, but did you know that today is National Take Your Dog on a Date Day? <laughs> now, I don't know what that looks like. For, I'm not a dog owner, but I'm just saying... Uh, and how about this one here? It's also National Carrot Cake Day, and it's also, I mean, yeah, car- yes, carrot cake back there. But so, and then you're saying, well, you know, what about tomorrow? Tomorrow's Monday. What a bummer. Not really, because you didn't know this, but tomorrow's National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day. So I, mean, I don't know about you. I'm getting up early. I'm having chocolate ice cream, start my day right. And then how about this one? Uh, the next day, National Chocolate Fondue Day, World Nutella Day. You, you didn't know this stuff, did you? The following day, and this is for real. I'm not making this stuff up. I know it sounds like I am. This is for real. Uh, National Frozen Yogurt Day. And then the day after that, it's a National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. I can get behind that day. How about the National Kite Flying Day? And then the National Pizza Day on the 9th. National, uh, I don't know what the National Toothache Day is about. I'm kind of, I don't know. Maybe after you do all that sugar stuff, you get a toothache. I'm not really sure. But, and then finally, National Umbrella Day. So like every day, we, I could just keep going. There, there is a lot to celebrate. Maybe, maybe this is what you didn't know, is that God is the God of celebration. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about moving into this new year from a, a place of, of surviving, existing, subpar existence to where God says, no, I want you to be happy. I want you to really enjoy your life. And so Jesus makes his statement in John 10, 10, and, and he says, look it, uh, I, the, here's, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have problems in this world. How many of you would agree this world is riddled with problems? Our lives are riddled with problems. Jesus said, in this world, you will have a lot of troubles. But he said, be of good cheer. I've over, overcome the world. And, and, and then he says, but I've come so you can actually have life. You can actually enjoy your life. I want to move you from surviving to thriving, to, to really enjoy life, life to the fullest. So we're going to talk about a life of celebration today. Now, for some of you, this comes easier than other people. Mike was up here, and he was talking about kind of his struggle with celebration and uh, I, I have to say that um, I, I can celebrate, but it's been a journey for me. I, I wasn't always that way. I, and, and maybe for some of you it is too. So 
we're going to maybe show a side of God that you have never really thought about God in this particular way. And so what I want you to do is I want you to, we're going to start back in, in the Old Testament. And well, first we're going we're gonna to talk about something that was actually God's idea. And the idea was huge parties, festivals. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's seven of these that would take place in the Old Testament. And God would simply say this, look at you folks work hard, you're stressed, you know, um, you're taking care of families, you, lot, you have a lot going on. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take not just days, I want you to take weeks to just celebrate and relax and enjoy life, enjoy each other. And so here's some of the, uh, the feasts that took place. For instance, there's the Feast of the Passover. A lot of you have heard of that one. There's the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. There's the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Weeks, which is actually Pentecost. The Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, uh, and then the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, because we don't have time to talk about all of them. But these were huge uh, celebrations. Uh, If you were a meat eater back then, you would have loved these feasts. If you were a vegan, you would have hated it. But there was a whole lot of meat eating going on, I'm just saying, uh, and a whole lot of good drink and everything, and this was a part of their celebration. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, just... Real quickly, we're going to look here at the book of Deuteronomy. This book was written by Moses. Moses wrote five books. And so this is the last of the five books that he wrote. And if you know, Moses was the the lawgiver, right? Uh, God gave him direct instruction on how uh, the people of Israel at that particular time were to live. And so what this shows us is a little bit about who God is and his character and kind of what God is, is like. So in this particular um, celebration, beginning with verse 13, chapter 16, it says, Celebrate the festival of tabernacles for seven days after you have gathered the produce in your threshing floor and your wine press. And be joyful at your festival. I, I find this interesting that God is saying, be joyful. It's like God is saying, can you just try to be happy? I, I want you to experience uh, some joy in your life. And, and, you're, and then he goes on and he talks about who, who's going to be at the party. And he says, hey, I want you to bring your sons and your daughters and your male and female servants and, and uh, the Levites and the foreigners and the fatherless and the widows. And I love the heart of God here. He says, this is not an exclusive gathering. This is incl- I, I want you to bring everybody in. I just invite everybody. Make it a, make it a big party. Um, and then he says, for seven days, celebrate the festival to the Lord, your God, at the place that your Lord will choose for the Lord your God will bless you in all of your harvest and in all of your work and all, of, and all the work of your hands. And I love this last part. He goes, and your joy will be complete. It's the heart of God. He, he, he's saying, look at life is hard. I know that. I know that life is difficult, and I want you to enjoy life. And, and so what he's saying is, I want you to take some time and some space and, and just, just create this margin in your life where you go, look, I've been working really hard and going through a lot of stuff, and, and so I'm just going to step back. From, I'm going to have a vacation. I'm going to take a couple of days off. We're going to have a party, and we're just basically going to celebrate. And that's why in verse 13, it says, celebrate the festival of tabernacles for seven days. So let me tell you about this festival to give it context. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the children of Israel and how that they were delivered from Egypt. Remember, 400 years of slavery, Moses comes along, God uses Moses and do these amazing miracles, and they finally get set free from Egypt, and they make their way into the desert. Now, the desert experience isn't so great. 
God's preparing them to go into the promised land. This is going to be a place, the Bible describes it as a place flowing with milk and honey and everything. And so it would be like San Diego, okay? It'd be like this amazing place that God is going to bring them to. But they have to wait. They wander on in the desert. And so what you get is you get the children of Israel in the desert for 40 years. And you know what they do for 40 years? They camp. They're camping for 40 years. Now, how many of you like to camp? How many campers we got here? Okay. All right, okay. I hate camping. I'm just telling you right off the bat. Uh, I'm a glamper, you know. Put me in an RV, you know. I love the outdoors and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, these folks, they get 40 years of camping. Now, if you can't, even those of you that love camping, I don't know if you'd like it after 40 years. Just this, this day, but see, and what happened is God would go, okay, it's time to pick up. And so they always had to be ready to move. And so, you know, they, there was nothing permanent. There's no permanent houses, fixtures, anything like that. And so, boom, here we go. Oh, okay, God, boom, and, and they're off. So what this festival about was about was the fact that now God had brought them into the promised land, and they were actually living in homes, permanent homes. And so they would build these, these to celebrate this, to say, God finally settled us. He finally brought us into a place where we have homes and we're not camping anymore. They would build these little shelters. And so... Uh, for a solid week, they would party, and they would have these little shelters. It would be, again, kind of like our, our idea of glamping, you know? It's like the closest thing to it. And, and they would just have food and drink, and it would just be a, a really, really wonderful time. Now, what's interesting is the instruction that God gives about uh, celebrating, and, and he gives some very specific uh, celeb- uh, instruction. For instance, he says, on the 15th day of the seventh month, now this would be like September, October, and he, and he says, I want you to take a vacation and to celebrate and have a party. Isn't it interesting that God has to actually tell people that? You would think that would come, kind of come natural. Now, I know some people that comes real natural, like, I'm all about that, man. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of people, you know, and kind of more of the, maybe the type A, and I'm working hard, it's kind of hard for me to really slow down, where this is, is not so natural. And you find God over and over and over again saying, hey, look, I want you to enjoy your life, you know, just don't, don't, don't just be a workaholic, just step back once in a while uh, and enjoy it. Like this, just, just recently, this last week, actually, I marked out all of my uh, vacations for the entire year of 2019, and I, and I spaced it out kind of the way that I do life, kind of the, my rhythm of life, uh, and, and you should do this, because all of you, you probably know, like when you're getting tired and you're getting cranky, and you go, you know what, I've been working for X amount of time straight, and I should probably take a vacation. And what you need to know is you have permission to do that because it's actually biblical. God is going, yes. In this case, he actually gave these, these people actually specific times to do it. You need to schedule it out. And then you need to take time away from work. Um, did you know that when Jesus was growing up that uh, they had family vacations? You probably never heard this before. We, we know very little about the childhood of Jesus but there is a story about when his family, you know, you know what it was, is every year they'd go to the Passover. So Jesus and his family lived in this little town called Nazareth, but once a year they would travel over to Jerusalem. And that was party time, because it was a huge festival. And so they'd go there, and they'd hang out, and there'd be relatives, and, and uh, you know, all, all these people would come together, and, and they'd just have an awesome time, good food, good drinks, hanging out uh, for, for quite a time, and then they'd go back. Well, when he was 12 years old, they, they came all together like they normally did, family vacation, right? Uh, and then when they went back, guess who they forgot? Jesus. He's 12 years old. 
And you can read the story. You, you, I'm not making this up. You need to read it for yourself. So they get back home, and they're going, hey, we're missing somebody. Who is it? They're like, ah, we left Jesus. Can you imagine if you went on a vacation, and you left your 12-year-old son in, in some place, and you're back home? And so three days later, you know, they find this out. They go, man, I can't believe we did this. And, and, and so, you know, at the time, I guess it probably seemed a little scandalous. But here's what I, 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 I see happening. I see three years later, four years later, when they're having a family gathering, and they're going, Hey, remember that time that we left Jesus? Remember that time? And, and Jesus is a part of it. And he's laughing, and the whole family is going, isn't that crazy? We go, you know, we left Jesus on vacation. See, that's part of the beauty of, of, of planning out a vacation. As if, you know, how many of you have had vacations and you still are telling stories about it, right? Just like, oh, that, that crazy thing that happened. I remember um, some years ago, we actually did go camping against my will. But we, we went camping, and uh, I see my boys are here, and my boys were there too. Uh, and so at night, I got up in the middle of the night, and there's bears in this area. Uh, it was way up north. And, uh, and so I'm like, man, I've got to go to the bathroom really bad here. And so I put on a pair of sunglasses thinking they were glasses. And it's already dark. It's pitch black. And I remember I was bouncing against trees and stuff like that. And, and the next morning, you know, uh, I was pretty shook up about the whole experience because I thought I was going to get attacked by a, beer, a bear. And, I, I, you know, I needed beer. I was drinking beer. But anyway, that's a whole different story. <laughs> But, you know, I look back, we just a story after story of crazy stuff that happens on your vacation. Take time away from work. So, one day, Moses, uh, you can find this in Exodus chapter 18. One day, Moses gets a, a visit from his father-in-law, Jethro. Now, what you need to about, know about Moses is Moses was an intense guy. He was a hardworking, type A, probably workaholic kind of guy. And in and, and his... His uh, father-in-law comes into town, and he hangs out with Moses, and then it says the next day uh, he watches Moses at work. And Moses is like this. Moses is sitting on this seat, and all day long people are coming to him with their cases, and he has to make judgment calls on all the things that are going on with these people. And it says from morning until night he's working. He's putting in, you know, like crazy hours. And so his father-in-law sees this, and he goes, Moses, you're going you're gonna to kill yourself. What are you doing? He says, here's what you need to do. You need to delegate, buddy. You need to have some other people help you with this. And so he he does this delegation thing, and he lightens his load. Well, there's a lesson to be learned there for for all of us. That that basically, you know, Moses, it's interesting that Moses was the lawgiver and said, you know, take a Sabbath, but yet he worked so hard himself and had to actually have somebody come into his life and say, slow down, buddy. Enjoy life a little bit. Notice that it says, do no regular work. Celebrate a festival to the Lord for seven days. When you, let me ask you a question. When you, when you go on a vacation or take a break, do you, do you take your work with you? Because you shouldn't. Because you know what you're doing? You're ripping yourself off from the rest that God wants you to receive. And not only are you ripping yourself off, if you're going with other people, your family or somebody, you're ripping them off because you're not present. you got that little device in front of you, you know, you have whatever it is, your laptop, and you're doing that work, and you're like, you're on vacation for crying out loud. So maybe once in a while, just get off the grid. I think it, you would just be so refreshed if you would do that. Take away, time away from work. And then really experience God by, by actually taking a break, not just like saying, well, I know I should do it, and God is good. You know what's going to happen if you don't actually take a break and take a rest and celebrate once in a while? You're not going to think God's good anymore. Because you're going to get tired, and you're going to get cranky, and you're going to lose perspective, 
and suddenly God will not be good anymore. That's why it says for seven days. You ever been to a seven-day party, anybody? Like, that's a long party. He says for, for, for seven days, celebrate the festival of the Lord your God at the place that the Lord will choose. God wants us to be happy, and he wants us to relax, and he wants us to enjoy life. One of the great things about celebration is really it's about people. At the end of the day, it's not just about the food and the drink and all that kind of stuff. It's really the fact that we get together with people and we celebrate life together. And I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus was really, he frequented a lot of parties. It says, hold the sacred assembly. Now, I wonder how many of you, when you see those words right there, a sacred assembly, it doesn't sound fun. Now, it depends on your faith background. When I, if you'd have asked me about that when I was you know, maybe 12 or 13, the kind of church I grew up in, I would have gone, bummer. Sacred assembly, is, that's, that doesn't sound fun at all. But God is into fun way more than we think he is. See, I, I, let me tell you about, a little bit about the church that I grew up in. It was a little tiny Pentecostal church, and they had a really weird view of God. They seemed to think that God was opposed to everything that was fun, which is really a bummer when you're a kid growing up in a church like that. And when I say, I mean, they were against dancing, they were against, you know, playing cards, they were against going to the bowling alley. I mean, you just, I had all these ridiculous rules. And so uh, every once in a while, I remember my mother would say, we're going to go to a wedding. Now, for most of us, when we think wedding, we think, oh, this should be fun. You know, you have the wedding, and then you have the reception, and that's where all the fun begins. But, oh, not at these weddings. Not the kind of way I grew up. We go to a wedding, you know, the wedding would last like an hour, you know, and there was all kinds of stuff going on there. But then afterwards at the reception, here's what you could expect. A bowl, uh, basically a bowl of punch and peanuts and a cake. And it was the most boring thing ever. And so, you know, my mom would go, we're going to go to a wedding. I'm like, no, mom, I don't want to go. And she'd drive me to the wedding. And so one day... My mom says, uh, we're going to go to a wedding, and I'm just getting ready to protest. And she goes, but it's, it's not going to do anything with the church. It, I go, well, what is it? She goes, well, your Uncle Bud is getting married. Now, my, I come from an Italian family, and so I'm like, oh, okay, Uncle Bud's getting married. And so we go to this wedding. I've never been to a wedding like this before. This is a big old Italian wedding, and there's a live band going. I mean, people are dancing, and wine is flowing, and I mean, people are, I, I, I'm looking around, I'm going, I've never seen people so happy in my life. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I, I, I thought to myself, now this is what it's about. And of course, my mom is like sort of frowning, going, oh, there's so much sin going on here and everything, you know. <laughs> but I think this is God's idea of a, of, a, of a sacred assembly where people would actually dance. Now, lest you say, well, I don't, I don't know about that, Steve. Let me, let me ask you a question. Does anybody know what the first miracle was that Jesus performed? It happened at a wedding. So Jesus shows up at a wedding, right? And uh, the wedding's been going on for quite some time because that's the way they did it back in the day. And somebody comes up to Jesus and they go, Jesus, we got a real problem here. Well, what's, what's the problem? We go, we, we ran out of wine. And so, you know, now all the religious, you know, hyper-conservative people will go, Jesus would go, you know what? You guys have been drinking long enough. We need to shut this party down for crying out loud. Half of you are drunk. Is that what he did? No, what did he do? He made more wine. And that wasn't just any wine. It says it was the best wine possible. Now, I'm not trying to promote drunkenness. Okay, please don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, celebration, not inebriation. 
But, but I am saying that there's a place for that. There's a place for us to get together and to be happy. And so Jesus made it. I mean, this was the, any miracle, he could have he he raised somebody from the dead. You know, he could have done any of those miracles. He goes, no, here's the first one. And I think it was God's way of saying, I'm not here to kill the party. I'm here to keep the party going because the kingdom of God has come into the world. And the kingdom of God is to bring joy into our, our life. I'll make my case even a little stronger. What was Jesus accused of by the religious people? He was accused of being a drunkard and a partier. That's what, he, that, that, that's what the accusation was against him. Because he was a frequent guest at dinner parties all the time. He was going out there and he's hanging out with those people. But he partied with purpose. When he was there, it wasn't so that he could you know, get hammered like everybody else. It was so he could be there and have great conversations and participate in, in the great food and the great drink, but he was there, and he was present. And I think that's, that's the beauty of a celebration where we, we come together. And, and you know, I, I love, at this point in my life, i got to say, I, I really enjoy parties because there's something about people relaxing and letting their hair down a little bit and having real conversations in those moments. And I think that's part of the celebration when we can really get real with each other in, in, in those moments, rather than being all uptight and all stressed out during those times. Partying together provides opportunities for people to discover more of God's character. Um, in uh, verse 14, he says, your sons... I, I, listen to what God is saying here. He goes, here's, here's what I want it to look like. Here's the celebration. I want your, your sons, your daughters, your male and your female servants, the Levites... That would be like the pastors, you know, uh, the, the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your town. Basically, you go, I want you to just bring all kinds of people. It's like saying to us today, hey, don't just invite your church friends, man. Invite your neighbors. In- invite all kinds of people. Make this a beautiful celebration that represents all kinds of people. That, that is the, that's the heart of God right there. In times of celebration, they, they, compu- they communicate the importance of, of joy. As much as there's going to be so much money spent on this particular Super Bowl Sunday, I think a lot of Americans in our culture, we don't know how to celebrate very well. I, uh, I did a little research on Google the other day, and uh, I, I'm just telling you, Americans are terrible about taking time off. Do you know, do you know what the, uh, if you'll, you can research this yourself, the average American gets 10 paid days of vacation. Now let that, think about that for a second. 10 paid days. My friend Michael, who was up here on the Cajon, he's from France. They get 30. And, 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 uh, and a lot of people over in like Australia, they get weeks of vacation. I mean, what is wrong with us? We are stupid. 10 days? They go, well, no, 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 we're just hard workers. No, we're stupid. We really are. They work that hard. I mean, and, and God, you know, you say, well, that's kind of a harsh statement. No, actually, God would say that, as, as, as indicated by the Bible. He's the God of celebration. He's basically saying, you need to enjoy your life. And sometimes we just have a hard time enjoying our life. He wants us to have joy. He says, be joyful at your festivals. I, say, yeah, I just think it's so strange that he has to say, can you please just try to be happy? And, there, you know, there's a difference between happiness actually and joy. Happiness is kind of like what's happening Okay, it's got, and it's situational. But joy is something that runs deep into your soul, right through your bones. 
That's, that's what he wants us to have. And that's what happens when you celebrate. That's what happens when you take a vacation together and you relax together. And uh, that's what God wants us to do. It's weird that we even have to have this conversation. But we, you know, life is hard and life is tough and we get stressed out. It's probably, probably one of the reasons that American takes so many pills and takes so much stuff for anxiety and can't sleep at night is because we don't take God serious about this. And we don't celebrate as much as we ought to. God wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want, have you ever felt guilty for taking time off? Have you ever felt guilty because like, oh, you know, you're a, a day or two into your vacation and then suddenly you're like, oh, I just, I used to. I used to. I really did. I, I just, there was something in me and I just, my dad had this really strong work ethic and he kind of drilled it into me. And, and I'd be like, day three, four of my vacation and start to feel guilty for being on vacation. Don't ever feel guilty for working hard. You've heard it. Work hard. What was it? Play hard. Yeah. That's, that, that's the Bible. Work hard, play hard. Enjoy. God wants you to enjoy your, your life, and you shouldn't feel ashamed of it. Verse 13. Celebrate the festival of tabernacles for seven days. And after you've gathered the produce of your floor, of your floor in other words, after you've done your work, you then stand back from it and go, this is good, man. God is good, and he's blessing the work in, in my life. It's not a waste of time, but God wants you to enjoy it. God wants you to stand back from it. For the Lord your God will bless you in all of your harvest and all of your work of your hands, and your joy will be complete. That's what God wants. He wants your joy to be complete. So let me ask you this in closing. What are you going to do about it? Now, for some of you, this is no problem. Some of you are like, Steve, I love it because I love to party. I love it. I love to take vacations. Everything you said is spot on, man. I'm all about it. You know, it's just, uh, that, that's just the way I live. For others of you, this is a struggle. So I guess maybe this is for you. For those of you that do feel guilty about uh, when, when you, you have a hard time not working, you have a hard time relaxing, this is the message for you today. So I, I want to just suggest a few things that I think are kind of practical, ways that you can celebrate. I did a one of our pastors I was talking to about it the other day, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, he has what he calls random dance parties, and it's in his home. He's got kids, and he goes, random dance party, and he says they turn the music on, and everybody just starts dancing. I think that's really cool. Um, we're gonna, I talked about the house bill. We're going to have a party uh, where you do something that every, everybody gets to party because it blesses them. Um, how about this one, beach parties. I love beach parties. Anybody here love a beach party? Yeah, man. We're going to do some more of that soon, coming up soon. Uh, how, about, how many of you are in life groups? Have a party at your life group, for crying out loud. Don't make it so... Just, 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 just party at your life group. Um, what are some of the other things here? How about uh, dinner dates? How many married people we got here? Do you still date? Oh, you should. <laughs> you should. You should date. One of the best... Uh, <laughs> you need to take her out real bad. I, I heard that, man. Woo! That, that was quick. Nope. <laughs> My wife and I, and we've been married for 38 years, but uh, we realized at some point, I know, I know it's difficult because you have kids and you schedule and you're both working, and that's been kind of our story, but we have to schedule, we have to do that. Okay, so Eric, you hear me, okay? 
We have to, we have to put it in our, in our schedule and say, okay, we're going to have a Friday, usually it's Friday night, we're going to go to a movie or we're going to go to a favorite restaurant or something like that, but, but you need to do that. And it, it will just make life so much better and your wife will be happier, okay? Um, and, you know, let me just put it this way. Do things that are life-giving. So I don't know what that looks like. For some of you love to camp, go camping. Some of you love the desert, take your toys out to the desert and have fun. But just find things that are life-giving, and then when you're experiencing that in the moment, don't feel bad about it. Just know that God has a big smile on his face, and he's rejoicing that you're rejoicing. Okay, let's pray. Father, it just seems like your character has been impugned through the years by so many people that see you as not being a God of joy, but a God who seems to be opposed to the things that we enjoy in life. And nothing could be further from the truth. Help us not to believe the lies that may have even been in our head today. But Lord, you came into this world to give us life. Real life. Full life. Enjoying each other. Celebrating together. And celebrating you, Jesus. And if there's anybody here today who maybe in this moment, realizes that they've seen you all wrong. They, they got you wrong. Help them to understand who you really are and that you are for them and that you love them and you want them to experience real joy. Maybe there's somebody here today who doesn't know you and maybe in this moment they're beginning to realize you're a good God. You're a wonderful God. And they'll open their heart up to you and that they would do that today. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.